On this episode of the podcast, we'll be talking about how us as DMs and players can get better at the game of Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome to We Speak Common. Math, if I get better at math, we'll, we'll probably be better at the game. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Right, we're in. Benjamin. Joseph. We're back again. Like the Renegade Master. Something like that. No, that's right. That hit song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that song's called. <laughs> no. Is it called Renegade Master? I think that is the name oh. of said song. It's just one of those things that's at the back of my brain. Like, I know back again, like the Renegade Master, and that's it. I don't know any, any context of it. No. <laughs> The rest of it's filled D&D stuff. Yeah, sort of like our lives, really. But yep. here we are again. Um, back at it. Back at it. And we're going to talk about some goals. Some goals. Some aspirations. Some lofty goals at that. Because, uh, as we all know, we're, um, well, I'd say just okay at this now. Okay, so. all right. I wondered where <laughs> I was, that was going. I was deliberating uh, <laughs> mm. our skill level. And how, I think, how bad are we? I think we've reached okay status I now. think we're all right. Yeah. yeah. We've breached out of bad. And we're, we're I, don't, I don't think we were ever in bad any uh, since I'll, we started the podcast. I, I mean, well. I'll speak for myself, but I was in bad for a long time. <laughs> I was in bad for a long time, but I think when we started the podcast, I was sort of, I was out of bad and I was into like novice. <laughs> yes. But I think we're in steadily okay territory I now. I think we're like, I think we're average. Mm. Average now. Yeah. So average DMs. I thought it'd be fun. We did just talk about. I, I said, you know, I t- sort of texted you earlier and I said, come up with three um, goals for improving your DMing. Um, yeah, one slash, of them would be to turn my phone off when recording the podcast. Yeah, that would be a yeah, good one. That'd be a good I one. I would appreciate okay. that one. I'll, I'll but, do that now. Yeah, just three ideas. Um, they can be, you know, maybe for playing as well if you want. But I've just I've. Very broad things or very specific things you want to do to kind of tighten up your DMing and just okay. uh, make the experience better. Are we going to go, we, I'll do one, you do one, I'll do one, you do one? Sure, yeah. Do you want me to go first or do yeah. you want to go first? Yeah, far away. Okay. My biggest one, and I thought about this because I don't know if it's... I, I want to think it's something that I can change and can work on, but I'm not sure. Because I'm not sure whether it's one of these things where you, you you talk about it, then everyone goes, oh, yeah, I get that too. And it's like, ah, okay, and it's normal. Okay. So I have what I would describe as D&D or particularly DM burnout, and I get it quite bad. So I can... I love Dungeons & Dragons. I love it to its core. It is easily my biggest hobby. I spend money on it. I spend time on it, and when I'm not playing, a lot of money. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there's over an amount of money. It doesn't feel like a lot of money when it's over time, but there are two products coming out that I need to pre-order. So, and I got to pay for my car insurance this month. Yeah, yeah you don't need to. Then that's the thing. There's no, there's I no do. Need. I do need to. There is a need because if I don't buy them, pains. they're just going to be there asking me to buy them in the back of my brain. Anyway, I don't um, think the books are supposed to talk to you like that. Well, this is what I'm saying. When I'm, I'm about that. you know, it, it's it's in my. It's in my DNA now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm imbued with this hobby, and I enjoy it, and I love it. And when I'm not thinking about my campaigns, and I'm not thinking about my characters, I am probably watching one of the many D&D shows on the internet. However, for example, quite recently, I got really, really into and got quite good at 
building my prep for my next campaign, which is coming up when... Well, we don't have a set date, but because it, 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 it rolls on from one that's finishing. So, you know, but I need to be ready for it. You know, and I and I read the book, and I read the extra stuff online, and I went to the forums, and I started writing my own chapters, and I built up a document, and I started rewriting encounters and balancing and putting my own story in and changing things. And I was doing really good, and I felt like, this is really productive, I'm here, I'm doing this, this is great, I love it, and I enjoyed doing it. And then one day, I got home, I opened my computer, there's my Google Doc tab. This is how it is every time I open my computer, remember? It's still open, it's there, saved. The book is on the table. And I look at it and I go, oh, that's really good work, that. That looks really good. But I don't want to do it anymore right now. <laughs> and then I just close the laptop and I think, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and watch Critical Role instead. Well, I get this as well. Um... And my motivation to come up with stuff uh, for the game does vary. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I I do feel like I have to force it. Like I'm sitting there at the computer and I'm like, good ideas, just come <laughs> to me. I need creative, good ideas. The thing is, I find it harder to plan now than I did before. Yeah. Because I think I recognise what a good idea is and what a bad idea is now. Before... Before you just I, take anything. Yeah, I would <laughs> take any. I'm like, oh... I'm like, thank God, I just have something on the page. Yeah. Like, I have something planned for next session. But now, I can weed out a lot of the a lot of the crappy stuff, or the mm-hmm. stuff that I think the players are really are not going to gel with as much. Um, so, I find it more difficult in that sense. Um, and oftentimes, I'm like, well, I'll just write a paragraph of law then and I'll, I'll come up with something like that the players are never going to see it completely pointless I'm never going to even open the page again Ben I have some pages in there that are like three years old I've never read them again but I don't know you feel productive at the time I don't know what they say Ben <laughs> there's some law about Tyrannosaurus Rexes in my world mate oh. there's something about them about their breeding cycle probably that I've written that was pointless <laughs> you don't need to know that I don't need to know that right okay but I get that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my curious to just come back when I feel like it, <laughs> I guess. See that, yeah, but like, but that's the thing, and I, I spend, and I do this with everything in my life. Like, I go through stages of reading. I love reading books. I've got tons of books that are half read that I keep telling myself I'll come back to. But for some reason, I'm full out of enjoying it. And video games, you know me, you're sitting here telling me I need to finish playing certain video games. And I'm like, I'm a slow burner. I fall out of them, I fall back into them. Painting minis. I love painting minis. And the other day, I had four hours to kill. Four whole hours. And I went, the sun's out. My table's next to the window. It's going to be really nice. I can sit. I can paint. I picked up my mini. <laughs> That's very loud. You're like, the, 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 sun, the sun's, sun's out. out. I'm not going to leave the house. <laughs> this is an irrelevant statement. No, what I meant was, the sun is shining. Therefore, the light next to my table on the window where I'm going right, to paint right, would be really yeah, good. Yeah, not that yeah. I... I the second there, I thought you were going to leave the house. I need to stay inside. No. <laughs> But I'm like, oh, right, I can sit and I can paint. And I picked up the mini that I'm halfway through painting and I went, I can't be asked. I just don't want to. And I put it down. And what did I do instead? Scroll from my phone for an hour and watched YouTube videos that I don't really care about for three. Yeah, but the thing is, it takes creative juices and flow to to do D&D stuff. It's not, it's, not, it's not a very passive thing to do, especially when you're DMing or you're planning for campaigns and stuff. There's mm-hmm. a lot of thinking that goes on. And, and a lot of reading as well. One thing that I have found that helps uh, alleviate this for me is that I just step away now because 
I've realized when I try to force it, I don't get a lot of good content. Sometimes I have like a eureka moment and yeah. I'm like, oh, this, I've come up with an idea, which, and like sometimes, you know, you come up with an idea, but like conflicts with something you've already written and you're like, okay, now I need to rework that for everything to tie in nicely. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, when I, when that starts to happen, I'm like, okay, this isn't working too much. If I come up with an idea and it like, just by accident almost I'm like oh I just realised this perfectly fits with this idea and now these two things are connected which oh, fits with this other thing that I've written and it's all lovely and very easy and it just flows together mm. I'm like okay I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a good space for writing stuff um, but when that doesn't happen I just like for instance right now I'm in the middle of planning because we haven't played my game for a while I'm in the middle of planning the eventual destination of where you guys are going to end up I'm glad you didn't know where we were going when we set out on the adventure oh no I knew it I've been writing this place for like a year yeah. and a half yeah. so it's been in the been in the works for a long time but I've been slowly fleshing out because it's a it's a very the place you're going to is going to I think it's going to turn into a very sandbox style campaign mm-hmm. where once you get there I have no idea what's going to happen because there are like I've got like 10 different spinning plates they're all going at once it depends which one we go to and the players and, they're just yeah. going to crash into all of them and I don't yeah. know what the, the, the carnage is going to be yeah. it's very right now you're very directed because you're just essentially going on one travel route right mm-hmm. that I know what's in front of you I know what's behind you um, and I know where you're going to go and it, you're pretty much going in one direction so that's easy but w- once it winds up and so this is the stuff I've been planning for ages and I'll have I'm like I want to write saying I don't really know what I'm going to write I'm stuck because normally I would write the next parts of the story I'm like yeah. well we've said before about efficient planning and not planning too far ahead but I'll think okay if I start thinking oh, well this is this character's motivation so if this if the players do this which I think they probably will at least I have an idea of how this guy might react so I'll write that down to give myself some notes and stuff but I can't even do that because I'm like I have no idea mm. how the players are going to meld with all these different things I'm like I I I've got a couple of quest openers that they could do. Yeah. But who knows from there. So I've just been writing like, well, I want to be productive. I'll add another shop and another shopkeeper to this town and I'll, I'll, I'll flesh yeah. out them. So you just flesh I out I have some bit. extremely detailed shopkeepers for no reason. I can't wait to go to the fishing shop. <laughs> Honestly, oh, there is a fishing shop. <laughs> and I know the shopkeeper what's there. It, what's it called? What's the shop called? Oh, what is it? It's... Uh, Bait and Tackle. <laughs> It's something in Old Norse. Everything's Old Norse in oh, this place. Boring. Like, uh, <laughs> it's all Viking language. Oh, great. Um, I can't wait to get there and not understand any of it. <laughs> well, that's the language. You, every one of them runes and stuff, like um, with the, the player character Aara, she's uh, she's, really she's beginning to learn the language. So that's why I translate stuff for yeah. her. But it's all in our, every, Also, everyone has... an Another thing that takes me ages as well, I want to come up with a new character, but because mm. I've stuck to this Old Norse theme, I need to give them like a like a Viking name, you know, like, you know, like Sigrid or... Uh, I love her album. You know, or Eric or... Um, <laughs> Eric. You know, you know, Ragnar or something like that, or Rolo. Um, <laughs> Rolo? Yeah, really? Are, oh, yeah, these, like, these are just the names I think of from like, the Vikings TV show, or you've got Sigurd or uh, Bjorn, who's Bjorn one, is one, one. one of the gods, Ivar. Yeah. Um, so, okay. but here's the thing, I have to give them an old Norse name, but I also want it to make sense and be like a Easter egg in English. So, for instance, you've met some characters. Like, for instance, like you'll meet a character and say they're called, um, like, for instance, um, like there's one guy called like Gear, like G E I R, right? Right. So he's a character, uh-huh. um, and in English, 
he his name means javelin. Right. Because he fights with a javelin. Cool. So it's like a little Easter egg thing. But this stuff takes me ages because, like, it's not like you can't just Google Translate Old Norse because it's a broken old language that doesn't work. So uh, how how are your players meant to... They're not. This is literally just for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is right, just okay. for me. Sometimes, okay. like, Ayara... You're, you're JK rolling it. Ayara, who's beginning to learn the language, Yeah. I sometimes translate things for her. Yeah. Um, like I did, like, the ship name, like mm-hmm. the Uravandil, which is... Um, you know, has a, a name in English, mm-hmm. um, which I translated. Um, so it's in Luis. Also, if you ever, fun fact, if you ever want to know a secret about a character, uh, you, you just have to go and Google that old their Norse name, name and figure out what it means in English. Oftentimes it has three or four different meanings, though. So you have to figure out which one. <laughs> which one fits? Is he a fisherman or a killer? Okay. But I've done that for <laughs> every language as well. Like, you yeah. know, the monks you met at the temple? Yeah. They have Japanese names that yeah. also have meanings in uh, English. Yeah. So I don't have time for that stuff. This is a lot of work. What I'm saying is I can't always force it. So I just walk away. Mm. And as such, I haven't been back in a while. <laughs> I'm the same. Haven't, I've got. I've still got the document open. Every time I open my computer, I'm like, ah, here is this thing that I could be doing. Well, and I want to do, but I also don't want to do. I, I guess. I don't know your thought. I guess for me to cap off that goal is like I don't know if there's a solution to that. I think that's just part of the process. Okay, because I wouldn't call it pro- procrastination. I don't think it is. I think it is just well, I get to the point where I've done a lot of it, and I'm like, okay, I need to. Well, it's not procrastination because you want to do it. It's just you... I want to do it, but I also just I'm also like I can't get into that like I've had too much of it sometimes I'll just jump in the shower when I'm like that because I literally all my good ideas every good idea I've had for my campaign has come in the shower I'm just standing I'm just sitting there like thinking and I'm like oh my god and literally sometimes I'll like jump out of the shower because I'm like I don't want to forget this I will forget it if I wait in here too long I uh I don't do that in the shower I uh I sing in the shower but do you know what I sing (laughs) I sing on repeat either Reigns of Castamere, uh, Misty Mountains, or um, that one from Lord of the Rings that uh, Pippin sings. Pippin song. At least you're on brand. They're the three. Literally, I get in the shower and I'm like, oh, I love I love a good... I used to sing, right? I used to be, I used to be quite big on that. And, um, I, and I fell out of it. And when I get in the shower, I'm like, oh, I have a little sing song while I'm, you know, washing my junk. And <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, they're the three that always come to me. Such a such a nerd, Ben. Just a I know. big old nerd. Yeah, so All right, okay. that one, um, I would say, I don't know. Embrace it and roll with it and yeah. work Another the Another place, I always get a great idea for d and I, I go to bed, yeah, mm. I'm trying to fall asleep, and I'm just... I don't think I've had a brainwave for D&D in ages. I'm sitting there, I'm thinking of D&D or whatever and stuff, and I'm like, and literally, as I'm about to go to sleep, I'm like, oh my God. I've got it. <laughs> the, the solution to this problem, oh. the solution to this narrative problem. And I'm like, oh, if I go to sleep, I'm going to forget it. Yeah. And then I have to jump out. So I, I have like 10 different pages of notes on my desk. I'm like, I don't want to turn my computer on and then like start mm. typing up all these ideas now. So I like, I, in some horrible scrawled handwriting, I'm half asleep. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, his name is this. He's the bad guy. And then, oh, I'm going to sleep. And then you wake up and it's just a chicken. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I've got chicken to figure scroll. out what did I mean here? See, I don't think I've had any of those moments in a while, but at the same time, I haven't really been able to DM in a while because I've not, I've not been the one in the chair. And I think DMing is conductive to creating though creating that mindset to come up with that stuff um and yeah i don't know i think i think time will tell how that goes what's your one what's your first one hmm well 
Um, when I was thinking about this, I think the main one I want to do is because kind of leading on from that initial point where I was talking about my planning and stuff mm. and how I I do a lot of lore. I do a lot of random building of just like detailed history for characters and stuff. So, but yeah. it's not really going to see the light of day. It's mainly for my own understanding of that character. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to begin to tie that more closely into the actual sessions of play. I want my narrative, um, which, you know, the characters are, or the players are going to be more and more responsible going forward as we go into a sandbox adventure. It's going to be less me putting the narrative on you and more you guys fueling the narrative by what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I want the narrative and these lore elements to come together, but I want to do it in a way where it's not just a character giving exposition. Now, I think I've done it well thus far or have improved, on you know, whether it's through, like, sort of environmental storytelling like old temp like for instance when you went to like the old temple and stuff i didn't just tell you that like oh it was made by like giants i was like it is actually giant it's huge Mm. and then the players sort of twigged through their own um you know understanding of you know the cogs turning like oh this is probably made by giants Mm. because like when you did history checking like you know giants lived around here so probably giant temple and so just stuff like that i want to start tying the lore into the world because it's some it's like it seems kind of an innocuous fact that's not perhaps not very relevant it turns out you then went to like a giant stronghold after that and did a whole side quest and became much more relevant but i want to seed some of this stuff because i think it's much more satisfying as well is if you can seed some info some cool lore and stuff early on that becomes uh much more relevant later on like for instance, uh, that monk temple you went to, uh, it had like that whole Japanese setting, and you know that mm-hmm. big serpent snake thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which then tied into the nor the like more like Norse religion mm-hmm. um, you guys found later on, which also has another serpent um, there. So you, Is it the same serpent? you guys were beginning to put some connections there. Yeah. Um, so. Well, at least one of the characters is not necessarily like, oh, is this the same thing or whatever? But like, it it's interesting that like these religions are following like similar lines if you know what i mean like even though they're from different places yeah. they're they're converging in different ways um and just i mean there are serpents in like all religions that's where i sort of stole that from is because it just for some reason the but snake kind is, of like, the snake is like a prevalent thing it's kind of like they're following the same god but in a different way yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so it's um i mean are all gods the same uh, yeah. are gods real in dnd yes well, in my game, I, I do know. But, there, yeah, so that's... um, I mean, for instance, there is definitely the case in my game, like, there are, like... I've written, like, well, like there are, like, potentially, like, 30 gods you could find, mm. but there are actually only, like, 20 gods. Some of them are just the same one with different names. You cheat. But, um, so that's what I want to do is start... I want to start seeding some of the lore earlier. Mm-hmm. So then when it comes to it tying into the narrative later on, I don't just have to give a big exposition dump to explain things because the players are being brought, little tidbits are being clicks. brought along the journey. Yeah. And I th- because I really want the world to feel lived in and I want it to feel real and I want the players to have a very strong understanding of the world around them. I want I don't want it because you guys have spent quite a lot of time in the world now, I do feel like you guys have a decent understanding of how things work. Because yeah. it is quite different to your typical, say, like, Forgotten Realms, yeah. in a way. And I want players to feel to have it feel lived in, and 
I think tying in these little bits of lore that then tie into the narrative much greater, um, you know, just uh, little innocuous things like, for instance, the uh, the talking about like the ghosts and stuff like that, and how that tied in with the dark elves, and then you found a ghost that was a dark elf, and how you found out they can't die mm-hmm. properly; they just mm-hmm. turn into ghosts, and then you freed that ghost kind of, and he changed again. Kind of. Um, but that that some of that stuff, like for instance, the. Uh, like the big orc siege um like for some some of the players that came out of nowhere but i know like one of us uh, james was playing erebus He'd work, he's, he's the one who picked up on all i, I put yeah. down little hints i said like about some of the npcs are looking nervous yeah um there's a, a worry in the air then i had that big um military parade come through yeah and then i think i do these little like um kind of snapshots at the start of my episodes yeah. where it's like just some random thing happening in a random part of the world that the players get to look into yeah. that sometimes is not relevant sometimes is and I had one where they were talking about like uh, a soldier who was injured and then when it happened it felt less random and less out of nowhere because it had been seeded and that was the law the law of like why is this war happening this big background this history mm. coming to the forefront and actually affecting the narrative in a meaningful way I think I think it is something it's something that I strive for too and I think I, I the way I realised it and realised how it can work well was when I was doing written adventures and I was prepping a written adventure for a group and I I was reading it and I was and I think we'd already had a few sessions in and I was like right but I'm worried the players aren't going to work this stuff out I'm worried they're not going to get it and then because of the way it was presented because it's presented in a different way than I would normally do it in my own game and and in presented to a different way to the players as well. It's like little things they had to they had to work out. And I remember thinking like, what do I do if they don't if they don't realise that that person is doing this, which is causing that? And then we played the game, and they all, there was this moment where they all went, oh this is this and that and that and I was like oh my god this is great they've got it they, they picked it up and I and as soon as that happened in front of me like in front of my eyes I realised right that's the thing that you need to strive for because that is that reaction of them realising and twigging is so much better than them going hmm we need to go and find this out let's go find an NPC and ask them and then the NPC just telling them mm. like like good on them for thinking let's go and ask someone who'll know and if they do that then fine they do mm. that but the the realisation and the reaction yeah. of the, the, like oh it's so it's nice the deliver- to see. it's the delivery of this, this information which I'm trying to do I write all this cool lore which I think is cool and you know this interesting stuff that it was either one not going to see the light of day or I just need to force the expedition onto players mm the main thing this is the the crux of my goal is I want to improve the delivery of this information in a way that feels natural and builds Mm -hmm. the world whether it be something innocuous as the material something um, a building is made out of right or the way a character speaks or their accent or something that then comes into play like like for instance um, like the the big the big crucible tower in the main city that I had right of Novenia which turns out is actually like a giant spear for a giant like um like stone giant that's like four miles tall that you saw this vision of um, that had been placed there but I kind of seeded it early on by saying like its material is completely different from anything else in the city like this, this special old elvish city that's all this 
it's made out of all this cool white stone but this crucible is like different it's pristine mm. it's unlike anything he's <clears> ever seen and there's also like another huge like uh, bridge that goes out the back of the city that yeah. you guys um, discovered which like defies the laws of physics it shouldn't float <laughs> but it's there and it's this very special material <clears throat> material that's really long lasting and that's just an innocuous detail mm. but then when you found out like oh, it's this huge spear of the this crazy ancient magical power. It's like, oh, that kind of, that didn't come out of nowhere. That kind of makes sense because we'd heard about how it was kind of different from the rest e- of everything the else. Yeah. So that's that's my main goal, which is trying to toy things in and... Um, yeah, I, I like that I one. Mean, I my think... ultimate dream is to get, like, you know, the Game of Thrones, like, you know, episode one, the 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 stag uh, kills the uh, the wolf, and then he's like, "Oh my god, that's like a metaphor for the a whole series." Yeah, you know, that's yeah. The, the dream. I think I'm starting to try and I think I started trying to do that in my home brew campaign, and I think there are areas where it it works where you're all going, "Why is that here?" and "Why is this here?" and later you'll find out. And I think there's areas where you've gone. The one we I did want to that, find something out. The one we did that really well was you. when we went to that uh, tomb, um, and it was like a you know of all the mummies in, and then you had the yeah, it was mummy like an Egyptian tomb in and the middle of a. Of a uh, it was cave, pretty out of like place, but the yeah. best the best part is when we went through, we broke through a bit of a wall, and this sand started pouring out. But it was like this hot Saharan sand, yeah. and we're like, this should be like damp, like Cold sediment, soil, <laughs> like yeah. what? How is it? And it turns out the whole place had been like transported from another realm. Like yeah. it was. We're like, whoa. See, but, like, but that's, see, I think it, that's an example of where I got it right. Yes, that was awesome. And I think one of the examples where I got it wrong was where I where I, I have this library and I'm like, right, you you know you've got to research. You said I want to, we need to go somewhere and research, so here's a place to research. And someone said, I want to know this. And I said, you've just found the tome that tells the ancient story. And I told it as a fable. And I thought... That's quite cool because it gives you this 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 like this fable in world that's really cool, but at the same time, finding out that way is a bit less of a payoff than the other way. It's tricky, yeah. I mean, for some stuff, you just have to give exposition. Like yeah. it's too complex, you know. Yeah, like that was. Yeah, um, but like I said, like the sand thing was cool because it was, that, that's when I was like, how is this here like it doesn't like it literally make like it's in the middle of a desert like this sand it doesn't make any sense yeah and then when we kind of figured out like through what was cool as well is another character was telling us about his trips through the like the plains and mm-hmm. stuff and like following these uh you know uh mysterious red cloaked figures and how yeah. stuff they were popping in from other planes and then the, us as players ourselves put it together of like they're coming from different planes this whole this place, whole has, come from a place has come from a different plane. So that was that was a, uh, a fun way. So that that's the sort of thing I want to improve anyway. Yeah. Just trying to. Yeah, out. I like that one. So I what, agree with that one. You got another one? Yeah. So my second biggest one is I I think I think it sounds like quite a simple one, but for me, I'm not sure how to tackle it. I want to be a better storyteller. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right then. I I have a, a thing. Well, why didn't you say Ben? Well, <laughs> I got a thing in the back of my head. I've got this like plan. I want to write a book one day. Right. I'd love to do that. I'd love to write a novel. Um, which is hilarious if you know me because I'm dyslexic and or I'm I'm basically dyslexic, uh, and I can't spell and I can't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the writer of the family. I'm paid to. I I, I make a living by talking, not writing. Um. And speech to text, Ben. Yeah, well, the way forward. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, mate, uh, you don't really talk grammatically correctly either. No. Look at me there. There you go. That was completely wrong. Anyway, um, 
and I think one of the things that has allowed me to build that that dream in the back of my head is writing for D&D and writing adventures and allowing the players to go through them and adapting them and all that kind of thing it, it's like an improv writing experience and it's it's great it's really fun and I, one of the things I want to do is to A, improve my D&D writing because I think I sit down and I go hmm I have no ideas what am I going to do trope 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 you know I think to come up with those ideas for the story arcs for just D&D but also for a, a standard form story I find quite difficult and I want to learn a, a way to firstly imagine an idea or find a place to like sit and form ideas and then how to turn that into something that works for D&D because writing writing an idea for a story as a story is I think probably more simple than writing it for D&D because D&D is a game where it has input whereas a story is like you read it and you're there yeah. you know it, what happens is what happens there's, there's quite a few more aspects to juggle so I think the thing I want to work on is is making those ideas making them into story right coming up with the ideas making them into stories and then also the final step step one step two step three is believing in them because the one issue i have with the stories i write more specifically for my homebrew games than for games that i build on top of off of written adventures because i find that easier to do anyway is that i constantly every single time because every single week we don't play weekly every every <laughs> that would single, be the dream i know every single game afterwards i go i hope that was good i hope they know what's going on i hope they've picked up on it i hope they're enjoying the story i, mean, I, feel I like, hope it I doesn't feel, like feel random too. you know there is i mean it's not every session like i got i got i mean I I'd say it's, it's, it's more often than not that i feel that way it's, it's rarer that i think all right that one really went down a treat Sometimes yeah. like, you come away from a session and you think, no, that, that was a good one. Yeah. But a lot of the time you come away thinking, they said, did they pick up everything I was putting down? Mm. Did they get all my little innocuous old Norse name myths? Did they did the they thing- figure out my little, my little <laughs> ideas and that? And, you know, and like, you don't know. You don't know how the well it's gone down. The thing for me is, is always, is the ending, is the story that I've come up with that I think's good going to be a big enough payoff for them? Mm. Are they going to think it was... Like, are they going to get to the end and go... So I mean, they, first of all, are they going to get to the end to begin with? But are they going to get to the end and go, wow, okay. What's, so what, you know how I you solve it. that one, Ben? What? You do what I did. You, you make just, a sandbox game where you don't know the end. You can't be disappointed if you don't. If it, the end doesn't no, exist. That stresses me out. That stresses me out. I have a sandbox game, but I also have an... When I say an end to the story, I mean an end to the quest. Yeah. The one that they're on. Is the payoff going to be big enough? Or... Are know, they going to think? I mean, will I will I get that Holy Avenger? Then it will be a big payoff. If I don't, <laughs> I will be disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Are they going to think? Oh, that was very tightly wound around one, that one particular character. Or are they going to think? Oh, this 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 was too much. Or this was too little. Like I just that, that's the stuff I worry about with my storytelling. And I want to get to a point where I know how to craft a story that everyone will be happy with. Well, let's do some feedback. So. All right. I think. All right, mentor. I think, uh, for the most part, we are picking up what you're putting down. Okay. And, and tying, you know, some ideas together. I think in your story, 
you feel like that because even though we've been playing it a long time and we've done like I don't know however many sessions mm. I still feel like we're in the kind of incubator period of that story like it hasn't like the the big I guess like act two hasn't kicked off yet like I feel like you know it's really going to hit the fan soon yeah. but it hasn't just yet we're still in that calm before the storm just about to hit the fan yeah like we're still yeah. in that calm before the storm so I think um, you can't expect the players to really be grasping everything that's happened because I feel I still feel like we're in the early stages like mm. as soon as like uh, the momentum really kicks off I think um, I think then um, will be much more uh, like you'll, it'll be more obvious I guess whether a player's like really enjoying it or not you know yeah. um, I sort of feel like that in mind at the minute like in the in the moment in mind you you guys are kind of just travelling like, I mean you can tell me I don't know necessarily how fun it is I'm, it's, it's like we were talking about um, Red Dead Redemption 2 earlier and how a lot of the mechanics in that game are really slow and tedious. Yeah. Almost on purpose because it kind of fuels a certain narrative they're trying to tell, but it's not necessarily fun. Mm. My traveling is very, very long and yeah. you are there for every so, part of it. And I don't know if it's necessarily fun. It's, it's there for a narrative purpose. I don't know if you're, <laughs> you're enjoying it or not. My feedback, the way I feel about the way you do travel is that I wish that I could make travel as meaningful as you do. I often feel like I travel is one of my weaker parts of games and I just sort of let it slide. Because I, I always feel like if I put something in the middle of travel, if I put an encounter in, I feel like it feels like it's just an encounter that people can just skip by if they wanted to, and it's not meaningful. Whereas so I, I put you in a valley, Ben. You can't skip. There's nowhere to run. <laughs> what I mean is that if they didn't do it, it wouldn't matter. It yeah. wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with your travel, a it takes time. We've been travelling for <laughs> like, what, like four or five sessions. Yeah, more than that probably. Which is which is fine, and at some point. I mean, it's going to be like... And it, my character kind of feeds into it because my character doesn't like civilization, which is like, roll your eyes, I know. But, you know, they don't, they, don't, they don't really want to be in that. They don't want to go where they're going. They just want to go home. They want to go home. They've been so far away from home, which doesn't exist, I might add. And, they, you know, so traveling is like, fine, that's the next best thing. At least I'm not in the city anymore with all those horrible, smelly people. But at the same time, we're having encounters and we're having experiences and they are meaningful because they are teaching me things about my character the last one he was awful at doing damage and yet he kept the party alive um revive someone like eight times i know i know <sighs> i know i know uh, mvp <laughs> but the, the rest didn't appreciate me it's fine i appreciate myself um but but then at times they're like we do them and I'm like oh this is this is an interesting like this could be a little mini quest I wonder if this is going to tie back anytime soon and I'm like oh well we haven't got to where we're going so we won't know for a while but that's kind of like I like that stuff I like I think you're good at building a campaign for long periods of time because I think you very well set things up and then pay them off but you do it over a long period of time and I think the travel feeds into that because we we do stuff and we experience things or we do stuff like an encounter that teaches us stuff about ourselves mm. which comes back in when we finally get to where we're going I, mean, I, I do like the long con and I do like the, the, the long long payoff what hurts so, me about it is that we don't play enough so I'm like yeah same with me the yeah. long con becomes the extra long con that's the problem for me I have some setups that I set up like in real time now like 
six months ago, yeah, a year ago, yeah. I'm like, are they even going to remember the setup when I pay? Like when I pay this off, and I'm like, aha, are you guys going to be like, who? what? Who? <laughs> Who's that again? It's like, like when Game of Thrones comes back for his final season. We're like, what's his name again? Quick, Google him. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And I hope that is not the case. So yeah. uh, th- this is almost why I do some of these little vignettes at the start. I'm like, let me just remind mm. guys what, what's but been But that's the thing, on. because I, I always worry that too. I always worry that we're going to forget something. And then we sit down and we go through the recap and we all go, oh, yeah. And it's instant. We're back in. And... Like with with um, the campaign we're playing in the starter set at the moment, my character keeps a journal, which, by the way, I still need to write. I've hit the wall. I want to write it. It's sat there with all the notes on the page, but I just haven't found the time to go, I'm really going to sit down and write this now and it not feel like a chore. So, But we're using that as the recap. And I think that's a really, really interesting thing to do and an interesting way to do it because we sit down and we go, oh, yeah, but also we see it from a different point of view. Mm. Um, we've sort of gone off the rails but I think you do travel well I do well I think uh, back to your point about I've you've given a good sense in your campaign of which one are we talking about your your uh, homebrew. homebrew campaign yeah, okay. of there is big threats at large like mm. that I, I get the feeling there are big players doing something in the shadows you've successfully given me the feeling of there is a lot of big change in the world that is unnatural mm. like there's some weird stuff going on on like almost on like almost like a cosmic level like mm. you know across planes and stuff but I almost like that as players we don't really quite know what's going on at the minute like we just we're getting such little hints of it but you've given me the Almost as a player, I enjoy the feeling of uh, a narrative almost more than the specifics of a narrative itself. If you know what I mean, you because as, you as like a person, how it makes you feel as a person, you remember how you make it feel more than the yeah. specific story details. And so, but right now, I get the feeling that we are, you know, very small pawns trying to make a difference in a in a big world, and that ties in well, I think, for me personally, with my own character of of Galahad, because because he is. Uh, kind of like a virtuous um righteous kind of person he wants to make that change he he kind of um almost a bit self-centeredly and a bit um arrogantly he wants to be the person who saves the day he wants mm. to be the the heroic person to make the sacrifice right and as a character he feel it's almost oppressive on him because he feels so small and so inconsequential like his death would mean nothing which is like the opposite of what he wants and he's like I need to make a difference see that's that's interesting because I kind of feel like that's where I'm going with it because I've got this this thing there's like there's kind of like a chosen one arc going on with one of the characters and it's not that at all it's not like they're the one who's gonna save the world but they've they've been there through the circumstances they've got this thing that they've got to do but when you look at it it's kind of almost like that's ridiculous. Why would you entrust that to that person? <laughs> and it like, why why would you do that? And it's like, well, because that's the way things are done. That's how it was set up. And this is this is you know you've made your bed lie in it. Mm. No, so I I think that's uh like I said I think yeah you su- succeed in that part. I'll be interested. We just need to play it a bit more. And I think yeah. when when it all hits the fan and um, like what, honest, what would what would you need to happen for sh- for it to feel like it hit the fan? Like, do you need like a mountain to blow up and like well, here's my, to here's come my, down? No, here's or? my theory. Okay. In, my theory is that there's obviously you've got these guys traveling across planes and stuff, right? And there are whole like locations being moved, right? Mm-hmm. So this is some well, sort of. Well, you've only experienced one of them so yes, far. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's 
so there's this big convergence thing happening right um i think i personally i don't know if this is correct but i think things are going to get kind of freaky with worlds kind of colliding there's going to be a lot you see a planet in the sky well there's going to be like a lot of like one world coming you know like um i don't think it's going to be like this but you know like in thor the dark world the worst (laughs) thor right you know at the end you know at the end of that film when there's like a convergence i I don't remember i fell asleep mate (laughs) well at the end of that film there's like a convergence i woke up to a ship like crashing like the night like there's portal essentially portals open up between like all the different nine realms yeah and you can freely walk between them like on uh and and stuff's coming in from like other realms like you know there's like a big monster that comes in from one of like the realms like mm. the dwarf planet or whatever and just mm. pops in and is like running through London um, and like Thor's like fighting this guy and he gets pushed f- like because you can't see these portals like invisible so he's fighting a guy he gets knocked and he just blinks out of existence and then appears in like Asgard or whatever right yeah. and then so they're having this big fight across uh, different realms and it hasn't got to be as grand or as crazy as that but I get the feeling That's quite interesting, I though. get the feeling that stuff is going to meld stuff's going to end up where it's not supposed mm. to mm going to cause problems for the peasants <laughs> Galahad's going to have to save the day well Gal- I think Galahad fits we've gone off a rail here a little bit but I think Galahad fits the that quite well because his whole thing is like keeping his world safe his people safe his place safe and in the world the convergence happens um, I was going to say annually but it's not it's every 20 24 also I'm years, just hyped 12 months. it's a weird it happens occasionally it's, it's like a it's, a it's a thing that happens mm. every once in a while like once in a lifetime um but it's going wrong and it's like why is it going well, that's wrong? the interesting part it's like that's it, the thing it's like i like why the, f- is I like the fact wrong? that it happens regularly but this time it's irregular it's not really regularly it's like well, my regularly in like, in like the, I, the scheme thing. of the world that, that should be my thing i should i should just understand calendars because i was like i want to make a calendar i'm gonna make it like the alphabet so there's like 24 years and every 24 years something special happens but not every 24 years actually every 120 like i was weird as a weird but yeah it's not it's like once every lifetime but that, that would be cool i mean at the end of the day ben if I, I have to look over my nose to remember the hype, the the hype can only go up because we've been setting up fighting some dragons for like six sessions now yeah, and but you're it, not you're like i want to fight dragons like all right travel across the continent then <laughs> but we had to get the information about yeah. the dragons first ben yeah we we were told we needed to know things so we went to go and know i mean them. if you guys really want to fight a dragon next session like you can but if you die die man well, yeah, I need. Even my sword does plus two d six to dragons, Ben, and I need to find out. What, I need to use that. Right. What's your second idea? Let's. Well, we've only done two, but because we're getting to the end of this episode. But well, uh, let's do your second one and end there. I think this one is about being a player, okay, um, as opposed to a DM. Uh, and as a player, I I generally. Uh, I don't necessarily try to, but I think because naturally it's my personality, I end up kind of just rising to the top of the pack and just leading things mm. and and becoming becoming the face of the party right yeah me too and like becoming the face and just i end up saying what's going to happen i and i i know this happens so i try to be as un uh, kind of authoritarian as possible I, well, I try to be i don't want to be authoritarian with it right mm. and take away other people's limelight and other people's fun um but naturally, like, and it works, like, in your game, because Galahad is, like, Paladin, he's got, like, the high, well, 
equal or the highest charisma in the party. Mm-hmm. He's the face. Like it makes sense that he's the face of the party because he's like the dad of the group. He has like he has the, he's proficient in like persuasion and deception and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that he does the talking and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And when it comes to things like our party's like uh, really bad at actually deciding what he wants to do and actually doing it. Yeah. So we'll discuss like a plan. And then eventually, like, the discussion will be, like, sort of teeter down and um, just no one will say anything. And we, and I'm like, right, Ben. So, right, Ben, we're going this way. We're going to go here. What happens next? I I have to be the one to say, right, okay, Okay, we're we're moving on now. We're doing this, Um, which is fine for that campaign, but I do it in every one of my games. So, (laughs) in this latest game, um, in the starter set game, I'm playing, I specifically chose Rogue because Rogues are generally not, like, the front runners, yeah. unless you're like a swashbuckler, they're generally not. They, they generally, you know, they're in the shadows. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> they're sneaky. They're more of like a, a side character, right? Yeah. So I've I've done that specifically to try and be um, kind of off-brand for myself, and not take over the whole party. And uh, sometimes I do find myself just naturally. I I always want to step up and make the decisions and stuff like that, and be part of the the process. So for me, a goal is just to kind of try and. Feel, fall into that more support or side niche role mm-hmm. and really thrive in it like I'm really enjoying all the stealthy stuff I get to do and the intrigue um, but in your character uh, has more taken like the front of the party mm-hmm. mainly because the other one's like socially inept and the other one's like stupid and dumb <laughs> so it's like <laughs> our that, options that sounds, are... that sounds mean but we actually we literally we have rogue we have uh, intelligent wizard we have a guy who is an idiot and he's playing it that way but he's he's like got a heart of gold and then we've got a guy who's socially inept but so, he's now gone and we're so it really else, is so. between the rogue and the wizard like they're to the only two out. options and I think that's quite interesting because they, they clash quite all a the, bit all the time but at the same time there's like this weird sort of respect as well I feel mm-hmm. so it's it's but I'm Interesting. I'm trying to let Orlo take the take the leadership role. Like cause when it comes to like an NPC, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to say this and do this. I'm like, no, I want to fill in this rogue part. I just what I want because I want to play specific. Another thing I try to do is like my character has a backstory and there are some there are some happy parts, some sad parts to it. But it's not like my usual like terribly tragic, oh, no. sad story yeah. of death and betrayal. So I did that specifically with Orlo. I was like, I'm not gonna make this tragic story. He's lost his arm and I did that because I wanted to have an interesting thing for my character. But he I didn't want it to be like he lost his arm his battle and now he's a level one wizard. But so I made it like a childhood tragedy. On on the he worked on a farm with his family, and his family is still alive. And he's he's doing his venturing because he's been inspired by the guy that healed him. But he wants to get any of his gold to give back to the family because he knows they're living on the farm and working. And yeah, I mean, you know, my, it's it's like a nice kind of story. My character, he's um, I just made him like he's just he's he's just angsty. Like his whole yeah. back, he's only really like he's like. 24 and he's like an elf so he's very young very young and so like he he's like the angsty teenager yeah basically and that his background is just angst so (laughs) like I'm going away and I'm going to steal stuff and I'm going to rebel that's like (sighs) that's his character you know that's why he became a rogue basically he's like screw you dad and so with with taking the leadership role because I I used to feel I did that I used I definitely felt I did that when I was a, a new player and um Orlo is taking the leadership role a little bit, but I'm glad that you're letting him because that makes me feel like I'm not doing it again. I'm not forcibly doing it. You are actually saying, no, I want you and to. And I can still come to the forefront a bit with the angst. Oh, you definitely do. I use the angst. You definitely do because Orlo isn't one to just be like, 
here's what we're doing. He's like, let's talk about it. Here's the right thing to do. What do you want to do? And then we work it out. A bit more like a democracy. It's been democracy. And, and I still get to lead in some ways, like, because Sur- as the rogue, right. I'm always like, if we have find like a new location, yeah, I always like, go, gonna sneak in I always go in first out, and, and, yeah. and check it out and give and it. You come, and you have that chance to lead because, I mean, we ca- you came up with a fantastic plan and it pulled off flawlessly. I can't believe it. It's, and it's it the only like, plan I've ever made that's worked yeah. in D&D. And, um, and it worked so well. And people it's like, who, right, people who don't go. know, I'll just quickly regale them with the story. So we snuck into a dungeon yep. and luckily we immediately, through like a very high perception check, found like the secret entrance to the like the boss. Which is like the, his the boss's room. So... We essentially did the dungeon backwards. We found the end room first. <laughs> yeah. And we snuck down the stairs and... Um, you had a vi- an invisibility potion. The bad guy was a wizard and he was uh, relatively powerful for our level, but the main power for him was he had a staff, which we didn't know what it did, but it turns out it gives you like essentially free mage armor and like free, free shields. shields with charges. Yeah. And he had a high AC anyway. He would have been non-impossible to hit mm-hmm. had he had this. But what I did is I chugged a little uh, invisibility potion, snuck in there, um, just stole his stuff yeah. right from under him, and um, got in position. Then walked in the room and knocked him out. I knocked him out of a sleep spell, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. And then I came back, gave the stuff to you, and then we fought him. So that I I still get the the chance to do. Cool, I don't think we even cool fought stuff. him. We just sort of like we I knocked him out of the he, sleep spell, and then we he cast him, like a he? couple of charms, and then um, oh yeah, on on Brom. Yeah. yeah. Stupid idiot. Anyway, bless him. <laughs> but yeah, so um, um, just to finish off, I I used to feel I was doing that, and then when I when I built Timble, I was like, I don't want to be a leader. I don't need to be a leader. And um, and I built a character who's very self centered, which sounds like like why would you want to do that? But like self centered in a good way, and and because his whole arc is like trying to find his place in the world and trying to bring happiness back to himself. He had a bit of a tragic backstory because sometimes you just, you know, got to go with the trope. <laughs> you trope. Go, you? You you know, a, a trope is a trope for a reason. So, and I managed to, and I, and I feel like I'm filling a role because I'm not focusing on, I'm being a team player and I'm still focusing on the group, but I'm not focusing on the group in that way. I'm focusing on myself and how I fit and how I develop Timbal and, and make him a good character and give him a good arc. And that has made it easier to not want to be out front all the time yeah it's good to kind of branch out and play characters that are not your normal go to yeah I think it's tough and I think it's a good goal to give yourself and it's something that we can all do eventually Um, you've just got to find the best way for yourself to do it I've yet to play like a um, a real I mean the rogue kind of go that way but I've yet to play and I want to sort of a real a, a character with optimism like mm. actually, even my paladin Galahad like he he's got this charisma like but his charisma is less like yeah right you know we can do it we're gonna save the day blah 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 his is more of just like a, a his charisma is less he's like charming and more just a sheer force of will and presence <laughs> like he goes into a room and he consumes the room you know with yeah. his with his angry angry vengeful will to no, destroy evil that's not right oh. yeah, yeah but it's less yeah so I, uh, that'll be another one for me so just to make a happy character one of these days I've done that I've made a happy character but then happy characters are just generally a bit more boring no yeah. they can be fun they can be lots of fun uh, I can't even remember what my third one was now because we, we went so off the rails I don't know but should we leave it there then we'll leave it there we'll I do think the that's, other ones um, another time it's an interesting conversation and something that you should think about give yourself some goals and, and just go for them yeah cool let us know how you get on alright cheers Joe no worries.
thanks for listening to us today. If you like the podcast, then do us a favour. Give us a review or a like on iTunes and Anchor. And share us with your friends. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at We Speak Common. The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution license CC by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive. 